Welcome to the 341st episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on June 19th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's uh, right alongside me celebrating Juneteenth, Carlos Rodella. I'm here on a holiday, and we're doing work. That's right. We are both working on a holiday. Amazing. I guess that's... You can't be more American than that, though, right? That is true. Um, but also, this podcast, it, I don't consider it work. It's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. It's good fun. But let's talk about Juneteenth for a minute, Carlos, just as a quick PSA because I'm sure there's lots of people out there who are not very familiar with it because we've only started celebrating it uh, like the last two years in a, in a federal way. It's been celebrated in America for a long time. Uh, but just a quick blurb here. So Juneteenth, for everybody listening, is short for June 19th. And this marks the day when federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas in 1865 to take control of the state to make sure that all enslaved people were freed. The troops' arrival came a full two and a half years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation, which is, Jesus, that blows my mind. Mm. But Juneteenth honors the end of slavery in the United States and is considered the longest-running African-American holiday. On June 17th, 2021, just two years ago, it finally officially became a federal holiday. So I'm guessing a lot of people are still pretty new to Juneteenth. Uh, if you are not an African-American person, I know that um, I didn't know a lot about it until just a couple years ago. So I had some learning to do. I'm sure a lot of people got some learning to do, but you know, congratulations to America for finally recognizing such an important holiday. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of these holidays that, you know, around minorities and struggles of uh, Americans, but of different ethnicities in this yeah. country that don't yeah. really get the recognition they should. Yeah. Um, so it's small steps, you know what I mean? But uh, we'll take it. We'll take it, and we're going to keep making steps. So anyway, happy Juneteenth to everybody out there, and happy Juneteenth to us, because that's exactly when we're recording. And I say, let's get a podcast uh, off and running. What do you say, Carlos? Uh, no, let's not. Let's not. Because every time you ask me a question, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? No? I don't know. It might be weird if you said no, and then we'd have like this weird discussion, and I don't know, too much behind Listen, the curtain, I guess. I don't want to do the podcast. You asked me. Oh, I gave God. you a solid answer. I guess I shouldn't have asked. No. Nope. So we're not doing it. So this is the end of the show. I'll play wow. the cue the music. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Thanks for coming. What's, the, what's your spiel at the end? Do it. I don't know. <laughs> no, we're wasting time. Let's okay. get a real podcast off. Of it. I'll do the spiel at the end. We'll get it. We'll get to it. Let's get folks, to it. Folks, we're being silly. Thanks for bearing with us. Uh, before we get uh, into the main section of the show, I've got some good things to talk about today. Before we do that, listeners know that Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. That's right. His side, my side. Things are a mess, and we're going to tidy up. That's right. It is housekeeping. Carlos, what is on your side of the room this week, my friend? Well, last week there was a bunch of stuff in here. I don't know. I think movers came in and cleaned, because um, I don't see much stuff. Not uh, much, huh? Yeah, right. just a couple bags, actually, which is weird. <laughs> no boxes, just bags. No, it's just like these plastic bags. Um, one of them smells. So this one Gross. that doesn't smell uh, is Dragon's Dogma 2. Yeah. We already knew that we're going to love it. Yeah, we talked about it a little while ago. We are going to love it. We love this game. You and I are big fans of the original. Big fans. Uh, they did a, there's a bunch of like other, you know, directs and like small presentations that came out even after our last podcast. Oh, during the fake E3 week? Yeah, just yeah. so many of them. 
Um, and Ubisoft had like a fail. I think we talked about it or maybe not, but like their audio was off. Oh yeah. Show. You mentioned it was Ubi shit or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, a bunch of them. And then Dragon's Dogma and, and for the part of the Capcom one, I believe. Right. Yes. Capcom. Um, yeah. They talked a little bit more in depth about the game. And yeah, I just, I'm so excited how they're going to mess around with pawns again. Uh, mm-hmm. Pawns are the AI controlled, uh, you know, characters you can have in that game as well as physics. And I really just, I wrote this down because this is everything that I want in a game, which is it's an RPG, but it lets you play it like you want to. You hear that time all the, you hear that all the time in the marketing. But if you can actually pull it off with, you know, uh, different decision trees and physics, then each encounter does become unique and different. And so they really focused on like, you know, there's a bridge and you got to get to the other side of the bridge and do something in a monster, but you could like, just like take out the bridge and then now the monster can't get to you or something. It's oh, like, gotcha. yeah, they're just yeah, like yeah. playing around with like different ways you can, um, you know, do scenarios. And if they do that and they've been pretty good about, you know, adding different takes to RPGs, then, uh, I'm just doubly excited. I mean, that sounds great, and I am all for it. I, I can't be more on board for a game. I know that uh, Dragon's Dogma, when it came out the first one, pretty experimental. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. They weren't doing like the physics stuff like you described, but they were doing a lot of really interesting stuff. They were doing stuff with quest structure. They were doing stuff with um, the pawns, which is still a pretty brilliant idea that, that nobody else has really touched. Um, and just like having the open worldness of it, like a, a night and day cycle that kind of implemented in a different way than normal. Uh, it was just great. And also they were kind of combining some Monster Hunter stuff in there uh, with some just general like monster fighting. So like, you know, instead of just like regular battles, you could also climb the monster. You could yeah. ride the monster. That was pretty exciting shit. So if they keep up with that spirit of experimentation, I mean, I'm already in. I'm already in no matter what, but I'm like double in. Uh, I'm just really looking forward to this one. And 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 especially so since we never thought we were going to get it. I never thought we were really going to get this, and I'm so thrilled. Right. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of like getting onto the monsters, uh, uh, a.k.a. Monster World or Monster Hunter, et cetera, is that they showed that too in the, in the video where like, you know, because the monster has physics and you can like fall over if you're at the t- on the top of him. Right. Oh, like like weigh him over, like yeah, top, weigh him top over. Heavy? Oh wow, and I was that's like, cool. wow, there you go. Those are the kind of things that I want um, for the you to try. So that's awesome. That sounds that sounds so awesome. I want to play it right now. Please right call now, him. Please I know. Call him. Okay, I'll call him after. Right. Um, I right. really don't have anything else. There's just that bag I brought, and that's it. Yeah, that's fine. Today's kind of a light week. It's been super super busy for me. I just got a couple quick things. We'll move on here. Um, number one, just want to give a quick Sekiro update. Still punishing myself on the reg with that game. Made it to the final level. I'm in the final area. Uh, and I did some side quest stuff yesterday. I wanted to make sure I'm never going to play this game again. So I wanted to get the best ending. And to get the best ending, you got to jump through a lot of really well-hidden hoops. And it's like a lot of steps that like I don't think anybody would ever figure out. Mm. Unless you had like an FAQ or something. So I went through all that stuff. Um, I, I found a, a loop where I needed to farm because I needed to get this one specific thing for an upgrade that I wanted to get before they fought the end boss. And I'm kind of just doing cleanup before I do the final push towards the end. So, you know, again, the biggest part of this game for me was the final boss because that final boss is just like hard beyond belief. Um, but I'm really trying to set myself up for success and I'm within spitting distance. So 
I don't know if I'll have it done by the time we talk next week, but maybe it's possible. So we'll see. Fingers mm. crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, good luck. Um, I would never do that. I will never do what you're doing. Oh, man, I just need to get some peace, man. I need that emotional stability. I, know, I, I need it. that, you know, I go to bed at night and all I think of is like, Sekiro, you didn't finish Sekiro. And it, oh, God, nightmares, dude. Dude, if I didn't finish Elden Ring, I would feel the same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Think, so I get it. Got under my skin. Anyway, okay. The only other thing I've got is just a heads up. This is new information to me. This may not be new information to anybody else, but um, you know I love Blasphemous, right? We talked about that game many times Mm -hmm. on the show. The 2D Souls-like, which actually has a great parry that you can do every single time because they're very generous with the window, and it really works well. Uh, The art style is fantastic. It's kind of a Spanish Catholic horror 2D Souls-like nightmare game. It's great. I love it. It's fantastic. Um, I didn't realize this, but they have been doing free updates um, ever since they dropped. I played it like like the day it dropped, right? So mm-hmm. like I finished it like a week afterwards. But they've put out three pretty significant free DLCs. And I, the reason I mention this is because uh, Konstantin Koteski, one of the writers for us at Game Critics, he wanted to do a second uh, opinion on the game. We do that sometimes when uh, somebody disagrees or when someone's got something else to add to a review. And I'm like, yeah, but why do you care? And he's like, oh, well, didn't you know? The three DLCs have added whole new areas, whole new bosses, brand new NPCs that weren't there before, and they actually rewrote the entire ending. Like the whole the whole end game is totally different. And I'm like, Whoa. oh shit, what? So I, I hopped on YouTube and he was right. I was like, oh my god, there's all these characters that weren't there before. There's all these story bits that weren't there before. The final boss, totally different. Final ending, one hundred percent different. And that game had a shit ending. Like, as much as I love that game, when it dropped, it had a garbage ending. And I was like, oh, man, that that is really significant and important and, and cool. And it kind of makes me want to play it again. Um, but I watched the YouTube. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's good. But if you haven't played Blasphemous, the number one, now is the perfect time to play it because you're going to get the complete version. You're going to get a better version than we got at, uh, at release, which is kind of goes along with what I always say. Like the best time to play something is at least six months, if not longer afterwards. But um, also they say that the new ending is leading right into... Blasphemous 2, which is coming out in August or September of this year. Oh, wow. Which I'm very excited about. So, yeah, yeah, so they went back, they tweaked the first game. Huge changes, major changes, story and gameplay. And they're going to ramp up for number two, which I've seen some video of, which looks fantastic. So, heads up, if you're not on the Blasphemous train, this is a great time to get in. Any Souls-like fans, any 2D uh, semi-Metroidvania fans. This This is, for me, this is up there with, like, Hollow Knight and metroid and like all like the best 2d like action games like blasphemous is like at the top it's definitely at the top and so. you know what there because we review them on the show all the time mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. so many of these and for you to get it right you know is a big deal because we've we've reviewed a lot of them that are not oh, good. dude we've reviewed so many that are not good but like yeah. this is right alongside i mean like grime this one yeah, like like you got like if you want to play like top five, this is easily top five of the entire genre. So like there if you haven't go. played this one, get on it. Now's your chance. Now's your chance. All right, that's all I got. And I'm ready to get on the main portion of the show. If you are ready, sir. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, let's kick this off with a look at Homebody. We talked about this briefly last week. This is, I believe, kind of a retro flavored throwback. Uh, survival horror-ish sort of thing coming from 
Game Grumps, which is somebody that you knew, and I've heard of them, but I don't really know anything about them. But they're like, what, YouTube people who had enough money to make a game? Is that about right? I guess. I don't know about that last part, but yeah, they're on YouTube. Huge on YouTube. And, uh, you know, a bunch of YouTubers and content creators are getting into game development and publishing. That's the thing. That's the hotness um, right now. So that's, you know, they're throwing their hat in the ring. And I think it's it's good. I, I always want, like, you know, new talent and new uh, perspective, right? Especially yeah. people who, like, make YouTube videos every single day about games or about, you know, content and stuff and entertainment. They have different perspectives. So it's cool. Uh, and yeah, we talked about a little bit last week. Was that last week? Yeah, yeah. You had just scratched the surface. You were kind of busy, so you didn't have time to like fully deep dive in. And so we're we're circling back this week. So yeah, I am very curious, especially um, because I don't know about you, but just to pause for a second, just to, to sit on this for a minute. I think it's kind of a high stakes thing, right? Where if you're, a, I, I don't know anything about Game Grumps, but like if you're a YouTuber talking about games or you're a reviewer talking about games, you know, it, it's like a movie critic where you think you know a lot about movies and you do from, from like one perspective. Right. But you may not make them or you may not, it, it's different once you're doing it. Right. And so I think a lot of, um, a lot is on the line when you are someone who criticizes games a lot, but then when you have to make one, like if it's not amazing, that's kind of like a little bit of pie in the face. Right. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. Well also a lot of it's publishing, right? So it's not the same totally. Sure. True. Um, true. Even like Danny O'Dwyer, who I, you know, talk to on Twitter and stuff like that, they're working on that, that car game. Oh yeah, physics you mentioned and that. stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're publishing. I'm not sure. I should double check uh, if they're jumping into the development ring at all, too. But I believe this one as well. If you could just look at it for me, I'm pretty sure Game Grumps is publishing. Okay. Um, I don't. I think they have. You know, they're working with other people who are making it as well. But either way, obviously they're going to have some say in it. That's what publishers do, not just put out stuff. Um, and so, what is this game? It's yeah, like you said, it's a throwback PS1 era uh, style. Uh, tank controls, you know, kind of like fixed camera perspective uh, horror game. But, you know, when I say horror, there's an asterisk. It's really about uh, a girl who goes to a party, doesn't really want to be there, dealing with, you know, her own kind of emotional issues and, you know, seeing friends she hasn't seen for a while. So there's kind of like that mental aspect to the game. Yeah. Right. And like uh, personality clashes and things like that. So it's more about like those little stories as well as well as the idea that there's a killer. Spoiler, it's in the trailer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's like you're locked in a house and you know, got to try to figure out you know, who this person is and what's going on and how to escape and not die. Um, so that's I got your it. info. If you want to hold on for a second, I found your info. Okay. Um, number one, Game Grumps needs to update their fucking website because it's fucking way out of date. They don't even have this game anywhere listed on their website, which is weird. Uh, but I did look it up on Steam. So it's developed by Game Grumps, and it is published by Rogue Games. Oh, So they okay. are the people. They wow. made this game. There you go. That's a good distinction. There you go. Because I believe uh, there's a couple other you know content creators who are just publishing games. So there yes. is a difference. Yes, very true. Okay. Well, so yeah. So that's will be interesting on what I have to say about this. Because last time I jumped in, and like I said before, the setup is you're a girl going to a party. You really kind of don't want to go. You're having anxiety. Um, I was kind of relating to some of the stuff yeah. early and, on. And again, this is like third-person kind of Resident Evil throwback fixed camera yep. sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but again, with like certain scenes that are just played out, right? They're not. It's not always you controlling it. Sometimes you're just watching these cutscenes. Okay. Um, and so when you finally get there, you know, the idea is you walk around, talk to everybody, and this is the part that I am allergic to, which everybody knows on the show. If it's a puzzle adventure game, and I gotta like talk to a lot of people and click a lot of things. I just freak out, uh, especially if there's like puzzles. 
like lots of them, which is funny because that's how I get anxiety. <laughs> I get anxiety from being at a party that I don't want to be at, but also puzzles. Um, and a lot of like, you know, tons of dialogue in the beginning. So I kind of noped out because I was, you know, not feeling it. Slow so start. Sounds like a very slow start. It's a very slow start. It's a very slow start in the fact that it's such a cool setup. And I like a lot of the cutscenes in the beginning. I actually like the throwback art uh, and PS1 graphics. But it really does throw you into like, okay, talk to everybody. Go check out all the puzzles that are already available. Like you could see them all in the room. You know, like mm. there's the power cord. You're going to have to do something with that later. Go check out the security code. Oh, you can't get in there now. So it's all those tropes are just like there. Yeah. And you're kind of like, it, for someone like again, who, me who doesn't like that, I kind of freak out. Now, if you like that, you're probably just like all in, you know, you're like, sure, oh, there's sure. all the puzzles, you know? So, okay, so I gave it a, a harder shake in the fact that <laughs> I did things my own way and I wanted to see if the game would let me. What I mean by that is there's little areas where you can hide, which of course in these kind of games is where you do so you don't get killed by whoever's trying to stalk you. So what I did is I, I got tired of talking to everybody and I got tired of looking at puzzles. This and, sounds like a real party to me. I've been there, yes. Right, right. And I didn't want to do anything in, uh, anymore, so I went upstairs <laughs> to a bedroom <laughs> And I wait, just wait, wait, we need to focus on that for a second. I that right there, that is a back of the box motherfucking quote. I didn't want to do, do anything, anything in this anymore. game anymore. <laughs> but it wasn't. Hold on, it, it's also like I was role playing. I didn't want to, as the character, as the girl, I didn't want to be a part of this party anymore. Like I didn't like what was I was hearing sure, and stuff. Sure. By the way, I forgot to mention this last time. There was like an imaginary person that I was talking to downstairs. Because and you're an introvert? No, I don't know. They didn't explain it, and I, no. didn't, I didn't get far enough. But I was like talking to somebody, and someone was like, who are you talking to? So that was kind of creepy. That's weird. And then I went upstairs, and I was like, okay, fuck this party. I'm going upstairs, and I'm just going to hide in the closet. And okay. I'm not going to do anything. And now this game has a clock. so like I was a real-time like, clock? A real-time clock. So okay. I was like, okay, I can just stay in the closet. Wouldn't it be amazing if the game just like gave me another ending? Like, like the whole game like just passes you by while you're in the closet. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be pretty brilliant, yeah. Well, okay, so that didn't fully happen, but it almost did. So what I did is I went in the closet, and I put down the controller, and I did other stuff on my computer. <laughs> you went to go make a sandwich. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then after finish eating, I checked, checked on my uh, PlayStation, and it the, the little clock had uh, went to 12 a.m., and then it was just blinking, meaning that like something was happening, and I couldn't like just finished the game that way oh, okay. so i had to leave the closet you know but i did spend like i don't know many many hours in that closet and and you saw the, like the lights go off and stuff and people are like you know had moved on when you came out of the closet were there like dead bodies and stuff well, like was the story like here we half- go okay okay this okay. is part of my review all right because this is how carlos played it okay um so i count i come out of the closet and there's a dead body <laughs> and and i investigate the body and i go around the corner and there's the killer and i die so what's interesting, and this is the positive. Here's the positive. All right. That, that this game wants you to do that. They want you to die, right? It's that Groundhog Day kind of vibe. Oh, so you're, you're doing the day over and over. You're doing the day over. And here's the other positive that I can say. I was just expecting to restart and then have to do some puzzle that I didn't want to do. Instead, it gave me a cutscene, and it was very good. It was like a Twilight Zone episode. Okay. Um, and it was short, but it was her at the gas station before she went to the party. And she like saw some strange guy and he was like talking to her about emotions and stuff and the past. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's like giving me more information to take with me back to the party. 
That's really super smart. And then I died again, you know, because I kept <laughs> okay. doing this thing where I hide and then come uh -huh. back out. And the killer's always there, by the way, in, in Carlos's playthrough. <laughs> if you go hide for hours. Still um, there, yeah. There's people dead and you're, there's the, the killer. And so I, I couldn't outrun it the second time. And then it gave me another cutscene. So With more information? Yeah, but like totally different. Like about, that's just a totally other, I don't you know. You know what this reminds it. me of? I don't know if we talked about this, but you've, have you seen the movie Happy Death Day? Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, what you're saying totally reminds me of that, where it's like the same thing. This lady gets killed by a killer, but every time she dies, she comes back. And they don't quite explain why, but she comes back. And every time she comes back, she learns something new. Like she does something different. And she learns about where somebody was or what happened or what led to this. And then, you know, by the 37th time that she's going to get killed, she has the whole thing figured out so she can escape death. Yeah. Is that kind of what they're going for here? It really feels like that. Although okay. more old school and more like, you know, I, I always bring up Maniac Mansion, but like definitely kind of like you're getting to know your friends. And you're getting, trying to figure out the situation on a, on a relationship level, too. Right. Gotcha. So it's not just gotcha. like, how do I just survive? Happy Death Day, by the way, is awesome. That's a great underrated. Movie. And there's a second one coming out or already out, I think. Second one's already out. Second one is also very good. Wait, maybe I saw it then. Yeah, I, I love both have. of those. Like those movies seem like they're gonna be such like cheap schlock from the like the cover art and from the description. But when you watch them, they are so good. They're they were, so good. And honestly, this sounds weird. Those were great family films. We watched them with my kid, and there were so many life lessons in those movies that were like good and it kind of ends on a positive note and it does yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're i love those movies so good well so that you know i guess if you here's the box quote if you like happy death day check out homebody okay well that's a pretty good box quote then there you go you can use that one by the way because that's that. totally true that's how it feels the only problem is and this is an asterisk carlos problem because okay. i don't want to do the puzzles and i know they want me to still and you have to you have to there's like so many of them and so i'm just allergic to that part of the game now, if it was just coming back over and over again and then figuring something out, you know, like mentally, like I figured out who I need to talk to. And then if I talk to the one person, we just escape like right. that'd be cool. And that still might be the case. Right. Like I will give it more chances and keep dying a bunch of times and see if they let me not do the puzzles. Mm -hmm. And by the way, devs, if you're listening, if you could op have that be an option, that would be amazing for people like me, because there's a lot of people like me that don't like puzzles if you did it where like you die and over and over again but you find a different way out of the house or something um, let me let me let me ask you then so just for my own mental because i have not played this game at all i'm all i know about this game is what you've told me and from like the trailer that i watched or whatever so like when you're going through the puzzles i mean are we talking about resident evil chess piece shaped like uh, uh you know like a hand and there's a a crest a coat of arms and stuff like all this is it like super esoteric because it seems like what you're describing in my head is more about talking to people and finding out sequence of events which is kind of more narrative based so like what are you getting from these puzzles is it like locked doors or are you getting some kind of you need to get the key to the garage and in order to get the key you got to solve the chess puzzle or like what's like wh how does it function this is such a again an asterisk carlos issue i i really can't explain it to you hopefully someone listening has the same feeling but if it's a if it's a lot of like going through narrative and going through to find out what I'm supposed to do next puzzle wise. I just don't want to do it. Like I freak out. Like I don't, mm. I get anxious, but to answer your question, <laughs> there's like a safe, there's like a secret door. You, you have to have a code okay. for there's, it's not horse like keys, like in, in resident evil. And okay. Like so not that goofy. It's, okay. but it's like, you know, it's very like complex things. There's like a, a bunch of squares with buttons and there's no numbers on it at all. It's just like a sequence you have to find. Gotcha. And so they're all things I have to find within it. And even the power thing to turn the power back on 
it's like a cord going to another room. But then I went to that room and it was this thing I couldn't do. So I was like, oh, I know I can find it probably, but it's going to take a while and I just don't want to. Are there um, clues or are you just like blind searching the whole house or how does that work? It's hard for me to say this like the fourth time. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't care. I, if there is, I, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm telling you the truth. Gotcha. Okay. Like as my, my character, I want to be able to just do a couple things and then move on. I don't know. I just, I don't want to do too many things. But short answer is if people like puzzles, it's probably fine. I just, I can't deal with it. But I also I'm gonna try it again to see if I can dialogue option myself, you know, yeah, uh, yeah an yeah. answer. And then lastly, like I said, I think it's pretty cool. I like the graphics and I like the style of dying and coming back and getting new information. That's like really smart. Well, you've la- you've <clears throat> named off a bunch of different elements here, and it sounds like I mean I love Happy Death Day, and I think probably I don't have <clears throat> as big uh, an issue with puzzles. I don't love them. I mean I don't love puzzles, but I think probably I don't mind them as much as you do. So for people listening, like if you had to give this game a score, like what do you feel like? Where where would you put this game? Yeah. Okay. It's almost like there's two scores. There's Carlos's anxiety score. Okay. <laughs> what is that then? How many? How so many? So Carlos's uh, anxiety yes. version score is like. Five or six, probably, because okay. I don't want to go back. I'm afraid to go back to figure out puzzles. Because you're not liking the puzzles. That's the part you don't care. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. for you, five or six, personally. Okay. I think in general, this game is like a good seven. Okay. So seven for somebody who didn't have, have, with no puzzle anxiety, you're thinking like seven, 7.5, something like that? I think 7.5 is a good solid number for okay. this. It's a good right. first foray into old school game with cool kind of idea. Uh, of resetting and then also I think the narrative's not bad it's just I don't want to deal with it right. um, and the killer thing feels like you know what was it Clock Tower remember Clock Tower yeah Clock Tower was great I it feels like that like you know and, and to play to pay homage and do it right you know it's not the killer's not too fast but it's not too slow so I think it's a good 7.5 for that style of game okay I think that is fair alright there we go that is Homebody uh, from Game Grumps. And just as an FYI, they also made Dream Daddy, which was the uh, everybody date a hot dad dating simulator, which oh, came out yeah. a couple years ago, which was pretty well received. So there you go. There you go. All right. That is Homebody. All right. Done, done, done. Moving on. Let me talk for a minute about Lord of the Rings Gollum. What? Why would you do that? What's happening? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I we got know. Sent, we got sent a code from the publisher, and okay. nobody uh, on staff wanted to cover it. Well, and as you've probably heard on the reviews. Yes, I have heard the reviews. I knew, I knew what it was going into it. And so part of it was grim curiosity. And part of it, to be perfectly honest, is... Sometimes when a game gets slagged in the reviews, you know, I have to raise my eyebrows a little bit and I go, is it really that bad? And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't, right? Like, right. you know, for example, like Nier, the first Nier, I thought it was great and it was getting, you know, everybody forgets, but it got like dumped on when it came out. People were hating that game and look at it now. Everybody says it's their favorite fucking game. Oh, and so, I do the same thing, remember? Like yeah. to this podcast, I'm always like, oh yeah, that game that got like two, I downloaded mm-hmm. it, you know, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, Metal Gear Survive. That game got roasted in the reviews and stuff, and I played it. I think it's fucking awesome. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, you never know. You never know. You got to just try, right? It's like me and my wife the other day, we wanted to get some some pho, right? And we, our usual pho place was closed, so we had to pick a new place. So we go to this place. It looks like a complete hole in the wall. And it, in fact, half the place is like a bar. They're playing country music. It looks like a shit show. But I'm like, you know, you got to try because you never know. They could have a fucking genius 
pho broth maker in the kitchen and you wouldn't know it unless you tried so you gotta you gotta try you never know you gotta try for yourself mm-hmm. so it was it was terrible but um <laughs> nice that's, that's a terrible. life lesson it was terrible it was terrible. but you gotta try it could have been our new pho place it's not but it could have been anyway yeah. so that's why i was like i just i needed to find out for myself uh and plus i wasn't gonna spend 60 bucks or anything but since we had a code that nobody was claiming i figured i would just you know put some use to it and and give it a whirl so and, and it was terrible it was yeah i mean yeah it's terrible it is terrible yeah i was gonna um, say both the fa and the game yes both the fa and the game was terrible so what so what is lord of the rings Gollum? uh it is a third person mostly i i hesitate to call it a stealth game because it kind of is a stealth game but not really you're just like the stealth is so basic. You're just kind of like hiding from folks. It So what it really feels like, and I, I, this is not my quote, but somebody else said this to me and I felt like it was very accurate. This feels like, um, it almost feels like a PS2 era game, like how basic it is where it's like really straightforward levels. The graphics are pretty basic. The action is super basic. Everything feels clunky. It really does feel like, like, like PS2 era with just like a touch more polish on it, like barely any, right? Mm. Um, so you start off the game as Gollum, and for people who don't know, I mean, I guess probably, I think most people probably know who he is, but he's the little dude from Lord of the Rings who steals the One Ring, and um, you know he is off doing whatever. He's being a bad guy. Eventually, the hobbits find him. They steal the ring back, and then they go on this adventure. And he he harries them the entire journey trying to get the ring back. So he's creepy. He's he looks like a weirdo kind of troll guy. He's the guy that says "precious" all the time, which is all kind of time. a meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I wasn't sure what the deal with this game was, but apparently it's supposed to be canon, which is weird. Weird. Um, yeah, so they, they they have Gandalf the wizard inter- interrogating him in a prison, and he's like, tell me tell me what you were doing when you weren't in the movie. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's exact, exact words. Exact words. Yeah. Like, quote, that is a quote, um, which kind of took me by surprise, but I rolled with it. Uh, so basically, Gollum is telling the story of what he was doing when he wasn't on screen and before he sh- it's like it's like after the ring got taken but before he showed up in the movie which i don't think anybody cared about i don't think anybody was wondering about that which can it's, i put an asterisk there yeah yeah and say almost all the reviewers were saying like it seems so crazy that he would do anything besides just go get the ring yeah because he's always concerned about the ring that's the main thing, precious blah, blah blah, and he's doing a whole story adventure game in here. Yeah, it just it. it <laughs> he should yeah. go get the ring. <laughs> just go get the ring, which is I think what he did, and that's what I think everybody assumed he did. And like, yeah, he's not th- okay. Okay, so what this feels like, I'm just gonna jump ahead a little bit here. What this feels like is contractual obligation. The game. It feels like someone needed to make a game out of this. And I'm sure that people were like, what the fuck are we supposed to do with this? Like, how are, how are we going to make a game out of this guy? Because he's kind of like a one-trick pony. He just says precious all the time. He sneaks around. And, like, that's kind of his thing. Like, that's that's about it. And it's creepy when he shows up for two minutes in the movie. But you don't want to watch him for, like, eight hours. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he ain't got that much going on, you know? So here's what happens. Um, graphics are super basic. Like, painfully basic. And I don't like to be a graphics whore or anything. But, like, Gollum looks terrible. He looks He looks really bad. And in the menu, there's an option that says, do you want to simulate hair or not? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, <laughs> that is a real option. I said no, because I figured it was probably going to impact the performance. Right. So I turned off the hair simulation, put it in performance mode. And like, I don't know who they're fooling because it just looks so basic. But 
you know, uh, talk God, more about dude. the hair. Let's talk about the hair. More. Oh God, not the hair. So he just shows up and like, so basically you can do like really, really, um, imagine if uncharted uncharted, but with Gollum as the main character where all you're doing is like following a track. You get a bunch of cutscenes. You see the little, the colored ledges that you need to climb on. Ugh. Uh, you're running down away from certain things. Um, you're hiding in some bushes that are about as high as your shin. Uh, you, if you catch a guy alone, you can choke him out from behind. But if there's two people, you can't because you're just too much of a little guy. You don't have the the wherewithal. There's no actual like combat like that. So that is, it's real basic, dude. This was stealth stuff, literally from like the PS2 era, and it just is really awkward. And once I got past the initial section, I just really couldn't care because he gets caught by these orcs. This is not a spoiler because no one's gonna fucking play this game anyway. But he gets caught by the orcs, and then you got to do like all this stuff when you're an orc prisoner. You got to like do these chores, and I'm like, Yeah, I heard that. Is there anything less interesting than being Gollum and having to do chores for the orcs? Like, please go, please collect our livestock, lure them back in the pen, and I'm like, Oh, dude. Plus, again, <laughs> if it's canon, it doesn't make sense because he would have just left. He's yes, like he such a conniving little guy. He'd been yes. like, I'm out of here, you know? Yes. I don't want to do the chore collecting. I don't want to collect the badges uh, in the mine. I don't want to, like, like none of this. I don't care about this. And I'm not saying that you couldn't ever make an interesting game out of this. I mean, I think there there is a possibility. Because the one bright spot in this game, which is not fully developed, is when you get to a certain story beat so for example uh, the very first thing he finds a beetle it's like a beetle flying around i was gonna say and, i heard about that oh you heard about the beetle yeah, yeah. Okay. so he finds this beetle and if you've seen the movie Gollum is kind of like a split personality he's got his former self who is named smeagol who is who he was before he got the ring which made him evil and then he is Gollum, who which is who he is after he gets the ring which is evil and obsessed with the ring so he sees the beetle and he's like let it go or kill it and you kind of go into like a little quick cutscene where you have to choose which way to go. And like, obviously Gollum wants to kill it. Smeagol wants to let it go. But then once you decide which way to go, you have to like convince the other half of yourself why you want to do that way. So like I said, let it go. And then it was like choice a, he's not going to tell anybody because he's a fucking beetle choice B. If I chase it, the bad guys are going to see me with the eye of Sauron and choice C, you know, whatever, whatever. There was like a couple things. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like having the internal debate, Mm-hmm. I, that's kind of neat and it didn't come up very often in fact um for the amount of time that i played i only had the one choice it was kind of a bummer i wish it came up a little bit more often um maybe a little bit more narrative based that way but overall it's it feels like a game that needed to be made to satisfy someone's contractual obligation it looks really basic it plays really basic i got really bored of it quickly this was not something that i was very interested in and i think this is one time when i feel like the reviews are correct i mean i didn't play the super broken pre-release version I played the release version, which is kind of better, but yeah, it's not great, and I don't think I'd recommend it to anybody, and I feel bad for the dev team, because I'm sure they're really nice, talented people who yeah. should probably have been working on something else, so. Yeah, it's not the technical thing, it's just the, the concept, it seems like. It's such a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, just kind of a non-starter, man. Yeah, yeah. I know. So, anyway, all right, so that was Gollum. Uh, needless to say, I did not finish it. Okay. Uh, all right, man, back to you for a game which I think is getting a little more love in the press than Gollum is. Diablo 4, probably going to be one of the best reviewed games of the year, I'm sure. And we talked about it last week, and we're circling back. So why are we circling back to this? Carlos, what's oh. the haps? Oh, my goodness. Well, there's a few things I wanted to say. One, uh, the developers had a, a fireside chat video. Okay. Uh, and I just thought it was really cool to, like, yeah, they didn't do everything that everybody wanted. But at the same time, I just wanted to say a couple things that happened from it. Um, now this game is similar to 
you know, Path of Exile and other ARPGs where there's like a games as a service game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it can- keeps going and there's seasons. And if everybody remembers from Diablo 3, there was a lot of seasons. And when you could go to a new season, you had to make a new character or, or some progress was reset. I never liked that. Like, I just wanted to play one character who got stronger. Same. Obviously. Same. Yeah, same. Like RPG. But uh, in this one, because I've invested so much time already and beat it, uh, we talked about that last time, right? We did. did we did. Yeah. Yep. And have keep going because the world does feel like a, it feels like a top down view Elden Ring in a way because the world's so different and so many different biomes and it's just fun. I keep finding random shit because it is connected all the time. So they can just drop in random bosses, you know, here and there. Um, and it does feel like an alive world that, that kind of keeps changing. Um, and then if you go up in tiers, the world tiers, normally I don't like doing that either because it's like, you know, harder, but then yeah. they give you different things. So at weird world tier three, you would get different like special items that drop that are unique, meaning like, other, like only a handful of people have them, which is a really cool idea. Right. Right. So right. because of that, I'm still playing it. And because of that, I watched the dev stream. And also because of that, I wanted to know what they were going to say about that season. So season one, um, the huge map, when you start it, it won't be reset, which is pretty cool. Meaning, like the whole fog of war will be gone still. Okay, and like, do you like all of the little altars and stuff that you find? Like, those are all still checked off. So here it is. These are very specific things. The, okay, all the waypoints are, are available, but you still have to go get them. Meaning, like, you can see where they all are at, which but is you important. Act, reactivate them. Reactivate okay. them. Just walking over top of them, and then all the altars of Lilith, which are the things that give you a lot of stat points. They're all available to see, and you have the points from them which I think is really smart. Uh, again, a lot of these things you just have to like go run over and just kind of walk by them and you know hit a button. Mm-hmm. But you have the points in the beginning because uh, that's a lot of stat points and stuff like that. So they, points. they don't like depower you down then? They don't depower you from everything. They do, they do depower you from some stuff. So I won't get into all the nitty gritty. You can go watch the stream. But I'm just saying I bring it up because they did listen to the community and did a bunch of quality of life stuff. Uh, and also didn't take everything away from you, you know, okay. which okay. I think is cool okay. because they see how many people are playing it. Was that 350 million hours have already been played in this game? Yeah. Just came out. Um, they're like, okay, let's listen to our, you know, content creators and the people playing these games. Um, so I think that was really cool. And it makes me excited to like keep going with the season one. I, I think I would probably still do it. Uh, the other thing I was trying to bring up is, two things one in order to get to world tier three you've got to beat this thing called the capstone dungeon it's just this long dungeon <laughs> is it actually called a capstone dungeon capstone dungeon yeah that is so funny because that's Why? what you do in a, in a project when you're in college when you're going to graduate and stuff you get to oh, do your capstone project that's what they probably meant it for that's then. probably exactly yeah. what it is i'm about to graduate the games so i gotta do my capstone project here that's there's funny. there's four tiers available the first two you basically just want to stay on one forever until you like feel strong then you just jump right to three because three is where you actually get different things. It's not just harder. It's like you can get, you know, unique legendaries. You can get these um, sacred items are called. And that's just straight up, like I said, unique items, yeah, which are very, yeah. very rare. So I'm like, okay, well, I have to go there at some point. I put it off long enough. And so this morning, before I even got started on work, I uh, just went to the Capstone Dungeon and said, okay, I think I'm ready. And I destroyed it. Like really? I, okay. I didn't have any problems and I was like, what is going on? I think I put it off for so long 
that I was actually like OP in that way. And I, I didn't even think that would happen in a Diablo game. But I mean, I destroyed, dude. So you went to college and you got like oh. 100 credits more than you needed to graduate. Then you walked and then you just blew everybody away with all your uh, your the letters behind your name then. Yeah, they were like, why do you have so many credits? And I was like, listen, these are just extra. Um, anyways, that was really, really good. And then I went to World Tier 3. I switched it, right? And I noticed the difference. And the biggest difference I'll say is this. I already got a bunch of sacred items I found, and you know some aren't better than what I had, which made me feel kind of that's that shitty. Seems weird. That's yeah. weird. It's okay. I found one that was better, and so you know it's kind of hit or miss. Um, I'm hoping that as I play it longer, I'll find those unique items, and that makes all the difference in the world, right? Because then now I'm like a unique character because I have this one particular armor. Are you, or so do you mean unique in the sense that there's only one? ever like you are the only person in all of diablo 4 to have that thing or is it just i don't know to answer that but i think it's i'm guessing it's more like there's 50 of them you know yeah okay and like say there's like the community of a bazillion people and there's like 50 of these items that's pretty fucking unique you know sure sure so it's something like that um okay because i remember seeing screenshots of people i'm like i have this you know and that's cool gotcha but in general the other thing i want to bring up is you know so that's how i'm playing it on World Tier 3, it's fun as shit still. Because Was it like much harder, though? Did you get kicked in the face with difficulty? Oh, that's what no? I was going to say. Good. Thank you for bringing that back up. So I, I because I had done something, this is two things at once. I had respect my Barbarian before jumping into the capstone. Uh-huh. Respecting made all the difference in the world. So if you're playing Diablo 4 right now and you're kind of having a hard time, go and respect, which just means like pick different things on the ability tree because you, may, you might be like uh, shooting yourself in the foot somewhere. And I was, I was dual wielding, but I was not uh, dual wielding at the same time. And that was a big difference because now I'm hitting with both swords at the same time before I was swinging back and forth between the two. Gotcha. That simple thing and a couple other changes made me like way stronger. So I'm super strong. I feel much stronger anyhow. And so when I got to world tier three, to answer your question, ran around the overworld had no problems, which was pretty cool. I like felt really strong, but every once in a while, any a r- random ass monster would try to almost one shot me. Like, oh, wow. okay. like one quarter of my health left all of a sudden. So I call bullshit on that. This is my only con of this whole thing because that doesn't seem like that's a normal ramping because I know that I'm badass now and I have so much interesting thing and one piece of sacred gear already. Uh, and I destroyed your capstone dungeon. And I come out to the world map and a random ass zombie almost one shots me. That seems broken. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the problem with level scaling, right? Like instead yes. of designing traditional level, they, you know, I, I know that neither of us are fans of level scaling. And, and that's kind of the reason for it, right? Like it's it's weird to not progress. You don't have a good sense of if you're in danger and if you're not. And then the game tries to compensate. And then, then you get your super zombie like almost one shotting you, which is weird. So. Yeah. I think that's the case. And also, they're rebalancing all the time because it's a games of service. You know, you probably heard or maybe you haven't. But, like, there's these dungeons where you just do them a bunch of times to level up and get XP. But then they nerf them, which means that instead of having, let's say, 100 enemies in it, now it only has 50. And they do that because they're like, they don't want people to level too fast or something. Uh, They'll buff other things. So maybe they'll fix that up. But I feel like I was such a badass for this huge dungeon that everybody said was hard. Because I wiped it so fast and came out and then got almost one-shotted by, like, a regular enemy, that made me mad. Like, that's bullshit. Um, I mean, that would piss me off, too. Like to sp- I mean, and you spent a pretty significant amount of time, right? And oh, so yeah. 
I guess I guess it kind of comes down to what kind of experience you want because uh, and I think we're probably more similar than not like if you spend all this time I don't I'm not interested in a, an experience where even after 50 100 150 hours I still feel like I am climbing that hill right like I want to get to the top of that hill and I want to kick some ass and feel like I you know I'm the pinnacle of that in terms of, of power like I, I don't want to like I don't need something that is going to challenge me for infinity right like I want to get to the end of something I want to master something and then kind of move on but that's like the opposite right because yeah. if it's a game as a service they got to keep you in forever and i guess if you're always struggling then you're never going to feel like you're ready to bounce right and that's why the season uh updates are yeah. they yeah. reset you you know yeah. so i think that in general if you if you play this obviously if you don't do any of the seasons you can you will get stronger and stronger and even though they're leveling with you like i said i just wiped that dungeon so even though they were my same level i still beat them right pretty yeah. easily so you can probably over level a little bit if you didn't ever do the seasons and the season's going to re, re, you know, respect or restart some of this stuff. So I don't know. In general, again, it's a fucking fantastic game. I think that there's so many other avenues I could talk about, but a lot of the content creators are talking about how um, the dads are taking over Diablo four, meaning the that the dads, meaning like a ton of people who are like more casual and aren't the min maxers and aren't the insane, you know, path of exile people are playing Diablo 4 because it's fucking great. And they're playing the campaign and they're just chilling. You know, they're not trying to min-max. They're not trying to go to World 2 3. And they are like a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they have a voice and they're telling the developers what they would like and what they don't like. And so I just think that there's a ton of them is what the content creators are saying. It's like there's a lot more than you think of casual Diablo 4 players. And it's exciting to see that because it doesn't, you know, game doesn't have to be just what you think it's going to be, which is like this very nerdy min-max game. This is like like Elden Ring. It's the it's the good bridge between the two, you know? Both well, can let's, exist let's at the same time. I mean, I agree 100%, but let's sit on that for a second. You know, something that I think we need to really come to grips with as an industry, the games industry, is that you're not fucking 20 forever. Like, you're not 20 with the reflexes and the free time, and you know like just the interest to like prove yourself over and over like we're all aging dude we're all getting older and you know you got a job that works you really hard you got a kid that you got to take care of you got a, a spouse that probably needs some time and attention because they're great and you know that doesn't leave you very many hours to like hardcore min max on something and so it makes sense that there would eventually uh i mean we're kind of seeing it for the very first time now because this this uh medium is so young but we're now seeing this giant group of people who probably grew up with games just like you and me who still love games but don't want to like bust our asses trying to get good doing some shit because we get good in life every fucking day like i don't need to do that when i fucking come home and sit on the couch right right so it makes sense to me that you know the quote-unquote dads or the moms or whoever is is gonna be like having more of a voice because that's gonna be everybody everybody's gonna get there we need to start developing for that we cannot develop for the 20 year old try hard get goods forever because that not only does it limit the medium but like it limits your audience too you're going to be shutting out all these people who could potentially who have been your audience and then what you're going to lock them out when they get older that's stupid that's money left on the table not to mention all of the different considerations that go into it um so yeah i mean i think that's great i think we need to like start paying attention to that and and not that the dads or the moms ever need to dominate but they do need to be taken into consideration and and i'm saying it's crazy that they are you know like um, I think this is that game. I think they're, they did a really good job and they're continuing to do a good job of listening 
you know, saying like like what you just said, like everybody doesn't have all the time in the um, the day to to play this game. Like other, you know, YouTube content creators are. That's all they're doing. That's all they're doing. Yes. But the the fact is, like I said, both can exist at the same time in this game. Because even me, who's kind of in between those two, like I did fucking min max a lot this weekend, right? Um, I had fun nerding out with it, and believe me, I spent a long time looking at numbers and stuff and watching videos. But then this week, I'm not going to do any of that, right? I'm just going to mm-hmm. chill, go in, do side missions. Because guess what? No one's talking about this. Some of those side mission stories are really good. They're like really good little side story missions that make sense, and I feel good that I helped the person out. So I just can fuck around and do that. And I think anybody could do that and never go to World Tier 3, right, and just play the fucking Diablo game Yeah. on the and regular And there's nothing level. wrong with that. Literally no. nothing wrong with that at all. But And what I'm saying is everybody's doing that. There's a ton yeah, of people doing yeah. that, which is great. Yeah, makes sense. Last thing I'll say, uh, and yes, I'll keep playing it, um, is I didn't mention this, and it's just I want more games to do this, and I know this game can do it because it's the games as a service. Uh, I feel like Elden Ring did it again as well. But the other day I was just walking around and it's kind of good not to watch every freaking YouTube video so you can have surprises. But because they throw in random bosses, like I said earlier, yeah, I saw this guy just in the woods and he had like, you know, crazy health bar over him and it all these unique kind of, you know, uh, moniker and stuff like that. I was like, I've never seen that guy before. And he's just standing there and he doesn't attack. And he just comes out of the woods and he, again, has a million hit points. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy about? And he starts walking at me. He's like, he just kept walking at me, just taking damage. And I was like, who is this? And it said unique or something. So I don't know how many people have seen this guy, but it was so kind of cool and spooky that he just came out of the woods, had a million hit points. I beat him, by the way. I thought you were going to say he like talked to you or something. I was like, oh, no, that'd be cool too. I wouldn't creepy actually, but, um, but you know what I mean? Like those kind of experiences I like. Like I was like, what the fuck was that guy? And then I got some unique item from him and stuff like that. So like, yeah, I like games like that. So anyways, this game's fucking great. It's so addictive. There's uh, The only issue I have is the one-shotting bullshit with the level scaling because I'm stronger than that. They shouldn't be able to do that right now. But they're trying to buff it. That's what they're doing. They're buffing some bullshit, some math somewhere. Fucking like freaked out. They're tweaking you know? a number. A number They're tweaking a number, somewhere. and then I almost get one shotted, which there is garbage. Diablo Four, check it out. Check it out, Diablo Four. All right, complete change of pace here. I'm going to talk about uh, the case of the Golden Idol. Um, this game came out on PC earlier this year, just to like rave reviews, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, it's on my radar. Hopefully they're going to bring it to console because it looks interesting. I didn't know like all the ins and outs of it, but whenever whenever one of these comes out and it gets that much praise, it always is like, okay, this is something I need to at least at least check out. So finally came to console and playing it on Switch. I'm not sure if it's on PlayStation Xbox, but it is on Switch. And it also comes with some DLC. I think it's called something like something the new spider spiders in the name of the dlc or something um this is a really super interesting game um it's very different it's very different than i thought it was going to be it is very different from anything that i have ever played it's you know it's, it's rare that we come across something where i'm like wow i don't think i've ever played anything quite like this before but that is the case here I, i'm not sure that i've ever played anything quite like mm. this before so what this is is it's kind of a kind of a point and click sort of but not really it's also kind of a detective game 
And it's also kind of a logic puzzle. So what it is, is you get to this... Oh, man, struggle. Struggle even to describe what this is. You, what is you, this game? What is it? You you start the game, and you see a picture. And it is a picture of a guy who's, like, dead. He's on a mountainside. And there's, like, there's like tiny little animations, just like the wind is blowing or, like, the guy um, is, like, twitching a little bit or something. Like, it's basically a still picture, though, right? And so you have a mouse cursor, and you can kind of go over the picture, and you'll see little hot spots. The hot spots are highlighted, so kudos. Thank you, developer, for highlighting the hot yes, spots. Thank you, oh thank you. Oh, by the way, uh, Homebody does the same thing. So Okay, good. good. I them. love when they do that. Just do that. Just do that. Just do it. Just do it. So that's great. And so you look at this thing, and at first I was like, what am I even doing? What's even happening? I don't even know what's going on. Um, they could have done a little bit better in the tutorial, but you figure it out pretty quickly. So <laughs> what you do is you look at a picture, this picture, with like there's like a tent, gold coin or a statue or something. Uh, the guy is dead. And like you're just looking at this going, what is even happening? So there's, you hit a button and one button is like the, the looking screen and one button is the thinking screen. So you go to the thinking screen and there is a, like a list, like like a text list and it has blanks taken out of it. Um, like a Mad Libs or something. And so you have to figure out, it'll say like, oh, this guy, comma, blank, was killed in the mountain that was called blank, and he was killed because blank. And so you're like, okay, so I need to, like, I need to go back to the looking screen and figure out, okay, so I got to figure out what's his name? What's he doing here? Mm. Why did he get killed? And so they kind of tell you in the looking screen what you're looking for. So once you figure that out, you go back to the other screen and you're like, you just like absorb the information. You just look at the screen and take it in. And there's documents you can read. You click on the documents. You can examine certain items. But that's it. Like you're just looking at the screen and you're using your brain power to put two and two together. Like it's literally like Columbo Simulator, right? You're just like, guy's dead and he's got blood on his shoe. Right. Well, that means this. And here's a gold coin, but it's flipped over on the head side. That means this. And here's a document and that means this. And so you're like... Um, as you as you collect on th click on things, um, you'll get words added to the bottom of your thinking screen. And when you go back to the thinking screen, you can take those words with your cursor and plug them into the blank spots. And if they work, it'll be like, yes, you figured it out. And if it doesn't work, it'll be like, uh, at least one of these is wrong. And then you got to figure out which one is wrong and like where you went wrong. So that is basically the gist of this game. It's really interesting and unique and fascinating. And um, I, I literally don't think I've ever played anything exactly like this. I mean, maybe like in the ballpark, but this one definitely feels like its own thing. And I never played... What is that game where you... Um, oh, gosh. I meant to write it down and I forgot. The game where you're investigating people dying on like a ship and you have a clock and you're like... Um, oh, it was very... Oh, my goodness. Very well-received indie game where... Oh, God. I can hear people screaming at me from the audience. Uh, you were investing. You had to like discover like who was dead, match the dead person with their name. Oh it, right, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. I had a game, really, I don't know. It had a really cool visual style. And it yeah, it did. Really yeah, yeah. Okay, hey, whatever. God, I suck. I suck. It's the like podcast. that kind of. You're yes, saying. people are saying it's not the same thing, but it's the same kind of like Oberdin. That's what it was. Oh, Oberdin, right, yeah, yeah. Um, where you have to use your brain in a different way than you're used to using it, and so that's what it's got in common with this. Like it really feels like you're stretching your brain meat in a way that it has not been stretched very much before. So I love the art. The art is great. It's really ugly and grotesque in an intentional way, and I think it suits the content really well. There is a story that carries from picture to picture because each 
puzzle is just like one picture. And sometimes there's like a part A and a part B. You can like, for example, like in the next puzzle, you're like outside in a in a courtyard, but you click on the door, you go inside the room, but nothing's moving. Like it's still just like a still picture, but you're like the inside picture, the outside picture, more clues and stuff. Um, but the story is basically about the golden idol, which this guy finds in the mountain. And each time you go to the next screen, it tells more and more about what happened with the idol, like people killing each other for the idol. The idol has some weird power to it, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a narrative that overarches the whole thing. But then also you're also trying to figure out the minor puzzles. Uh, why is this guy burning? Who was the guy that burned? Why was, you know, who was this guy standing next to him? What's his deal? Why is he standing right there? Like you got to figure out all these little things. So this is very cool. Very interesting. Very unique. Everything about it is just like really, really cool and neat. I love it. But. Uh-oh. I am not smart enough to play this game. I was going to say the same thing for I me. I am not smart enough to play this game. I uh... fully, I got past the first two. No problem. Um, a little bit of trial and error. I was still kind of learning the systems. I'm like, okay, so word here, word there. Go back. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Poking around. Like, I'm like, okay, this is really cool. Oh, this is so neat. This is not what I thought. This is this fun. And they got to the third puzzle, and I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Like, I'm stuck. And I just, like, I didn't want to just FAQ it, but, like, I got stuck for, like, a day. I was like, I'm going to give myself one day to figure this out. I didn't do it. <laughs> and I got the FAQ, and I'm like, oh, shit, I was way off. Like, I wasn't even in the ballpark on this one. Like, I was. Oh. I, and when I saw how off I was, I was like, oh, damn. Okay, I'm not smart enough to play this game. So, well, I, yeah, I, it's it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful, clever. If you have a detective brain, if you are Columbo Jr., like, this is, I mean, there's nothing bad about it. Like, it is a class act. Yeah. I just can't hang, man. It's it's my problem, not theirs. Again, it, it is your problem with an asterisk because I'm Mr. Asterisk on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I, I don't think we should use the word smart uh, anymore when it comes to like, I'm not smart enough. It's a different type of brain. Sure, different kind like, of thinking. mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, if I need to figure out homebody's puzzles, I can. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. It'll take me a while and maybe longer than others because they have a different analytical brain and I don't. Yeah, you know, I have yeah, a very yeah. creative mindset that doesn't like. No, that's uh, fair. You're right. You know, right. A to B to C. Yeah. I like A to Z to, to Q to 12, you know, <laughs> like that's my brain. <laughs> to pizza is where I go. Yeah, I, want, I go to pizza to, to 12 to 75. Um, but yeah, like I think that's the thing, you know, like. No, I think you're, you're correct. You, I think that's a that's a better way to say it. I do not have the proper type of analytical thinking within me where 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 i see these clues and to my brain they don't make sense but to somebody else's brain they're like oh yeah of course this goes together but you know maybe i'm better at doing something maybe i'm better at yeah you know whatever some whatever you know putting uh robot parts on my guy in armor core i can min max and that makes sense to me whereas this other person might not be great at that but you know everybody's got different skills so yeah that's true it's not just like a you're intelligent or you're not because i think there's a lot of lateral thinking i think there's a lot of intuition that's needed um, and to be so okay so like to be fair or maybe to be fair to me anyway mm -hmm. which is really the most important thing um if if this game was changed in such a way and i don't know how they do this but if it was changed in such a way to let people who didn't have that exact kind of ana analytical thinking be a little bit more into it i would love this i mean i think this would be like for me maybe like a top 10 because it's so interesting so new so innovative and fresh like it's i love to celebrate something like this but you have to have that kind of thinking. And if that's not who you are and it's not who I am, I just got I got stuck so quick and there's no way that I can progress without 
getting the answers. And when I got the answers, they still didn't even make sense to me. Yeah, so that's, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I love this game, but I also can't play this game. And I, you know, I don't know what can be done about it, but I wish it was slightly more accessible to a wider variety of thinking types. And I know that's a really, I don't know if that's an unfair criticism to make. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I want to love this game. I really want to love this game, but I just can't because it just got too frustrating too quickly. And I know that's because of like a, we're just not vibing the same way, right? I have a certain um, kind of tangent off that. It's almost like, uh, so everything doesn't have to be everything to everybody. We know that, right, right? Right, right, right. And sometimes when we talk about games, I feel like we might say that and I don't. I want to make sure that I don't think that. No, that is true, agreed. There's agreed. such specific types of art that, you know, it's just not for everybody. Secondly, it's, I think to your point, it's like, there's a ton of horror movies. I think I love the cinematography and I love like, let's say like three scenes that are really creepy, but then there's like a ton of gore in it and I don't want to watch it. And it has like a bad ending. Right. Yeah. So that movie's not for me yet at the same time, I wish parts of it, you know, could be somewhere else. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes perfect. That makes perfect sense. And I totally agree. And it's just, it just sucks. I feel just really disappointed because so much of this game really speaks to me like the concept the art doing something so different with your switch is just really exciting to me and it's a bummer that i just hit a wall so hard and so quickly that i i don't feel like it's worth my time to struggle because after spending a day trying to figure out what clues go where and being so wildly wrong about all of it i'm like okay i guess i'm glad i'm not a police detective because i probably wouldn't solve too many cases um, Columbo is good where Columbo's at and I'm not Columbo so it's a yeah. bummer but yeah not everything needs to be to all people but at the same time I do think they could have made this maybe a little bit easier for people who don't have the exact thinking or maybe a little bit more clues or something uh, the clue system I don't think is great so anyway I think it's awesome if this sounds interesting definitely check it out I don't have the brain for it which I'm sad about but what are you going to do there you go what are you going to do what are you going to do I'm going to move on to another game is what I'm going to do. Okay, but that's also a good name for the uh, podcast. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, so that is Case of the Golden Idol. Again, kind of a love that wasn't meant to be. But uh, let's move on to you, Carlos, for the Final Fantasy 16 demo. It's available on PlayStation 5. I downloaded it, and I meant to get to it, and I just didn't, so I apologize for that. But you got to it. And uh, I don't know what you're going to say, but everybody on Twitter, like literally... And I'm, this is not an exaggeration. This is not hyperbole. Literally every person I talked to who played it loved it. And almost everybody immediately pre-ordered it. So that to me is a wow. pretty strong showing, um, especially if you know my circle, because like not everybody is a Final Fantasy fan in my circle, which got me kind of excited, cautiously excited, because I'm not a big Final Fantasy fan. But boy, the love of this demo is basically universal. So... I am hanging on your every word here, sir. Please tell me what Jeez. your take was. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. I don't know. I don't want to feel that pressure, Carlos. Feel it. Whew. Well, I kind of have. Um, I don't think I have what you think I'm going to say. Oh shit! Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm sitting down. Go ahead. Sit back down. I guess. Um, okay. So yeah, I agree with a lot of people who enjoyed it. Obviously, you know, let's put it a, another asterisk for the podcast. I love Final Fantasy. I love 15. One of my favorite games. Yeah. Even though I had the more in quotes traditional mix of action and strategy, uh, Final Fantasy kind of combat, this one being all action, right? One of the first times it's gonna have just an action RPG uh, for Final Fantasy without any like planning out of moves. Um, so, but in general, I like these games. Like it's a no brainer, I'm gonna play this. Yes. So that's the easy one, the easy answer. Of course I'm gonna play it. 
Um, secondly, the demo is very interesting and unique in the fact that yes, progress carries over, which is, I guess, kind of cool, but it's really the prologue story. So there's no real progress. Um, I think your options that you pick in the menu, you know, and like a few different things you picked up carry over, but like, there's not much okay. to carry over. If that makes Interesting. sense. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Gotcha. Cause you're playing the, uh, the prologue. So the game, the demo starts off with present day and I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm just going to play the game and then carry over my progress. No, as soon as you do present day for a little while, something happens, then you go to the past and you're playing the past as the main character, but you're also playing a split game where you're playing you and you're playing your younger brother. Uh, they they play totally different because you're mainly I think gonna be playing you in the game, mm-hmm. um, but it, the, your younger brother is kind of a wizard, uh, you know, magician or whatever, and moves super slow. He's like way younger than you, like I don't know how old, <laughs> but like super slow. <laughs> We're not talking like toddler age, are we? No, but um, that would be, be funny. funny though. Yeah, that'd be funny. He's just rolling around in his crib, and you're like casting magic spells, casting spells yeah. to float. That's pretty good. Um, but basically, yeah, he moves so slow. It's just crazy. And, like, you know, the jump is really pathetic. And But he's got, like, crazy magic spells. Um, so it's just kind of, like, showing you. I don't know why they do that sometimes, but I guess showing you a different perspective of, like, magic users maybe. Um, I don't know. Equal what, representation? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, in general, you know, it's uh, you go around the town. You're learning your combat. You're, you know, fighting with your master to figure out all the combos and stuff like that. And the combat is fun um it's tough because i'm coming from diablo 4 where everything's so frenetic and so i'm so min maxi and you know frames are like tight and i'm like you know it's spot on you know diablo 4 i can say it it, one thing it does even if it's you know one shotting every once in a while it's spot on uh with like how fast it is and how you know um what's the word uh responsive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this one didn't feel as responsive now it has performance or graphics mode, of course. I switched it to performance because I'd be doing a lot of real-time combat. And even with switching it to performance, I didn't feel like it was fast enough. Really? Like okay. if you think of Wolong or Sekiro or these games we've been playing. Sure, sure. It's like, again, this kind of like very responsive, very um, not even with 60 frames, but that is part of it. Like, you know, just quick and tight. And it didn't feel, it felt old school a little bit. And I was like, huh. And then other is I put the performance mode on and it did that stupid thing where it blurs around the character a little bit. Uh, I don't like that. I hate that. And I don't know what technological limit that is that devs hit, but not all games do it. You know what I mean? Like we play them all. I I, I hate it when that crops up. And And it's there. So maybe it's just the demo, but I was like, this is a $70 game. I don't know, man, that blur on the head. It felt old school. So I wasn't in love with it. And then here's the other con. The camera was off the uh, right analog camera button. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I had to adjust that. Like the speed of it or something? Yes. And I've never had to adjust it in a Final Fantasy game. Hmm. Like it felt bad. And by the way, I'm playing, or I beat the demo, but all the way up to the end, I still didn't feel good about it. I was like, Mm. I think it's off still. Meaning, like, it's either too fast or too slow. Those are really weird because you're going to be doing combat this whole game. Well, yeah, I mean, it's you know? all about the 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 feel, the control, the com- I mean, that's if that's what the game is, it should be tight. It should be dialed in, and it sounds like you're having like just like everything is just slightly off there. 
it's slightly off and here's the pro then. So those are the cons where I don't like the blur on the graphics. I, I think just in general, all the graphics feel a little foggy in a way and I just didn't feel crisp. Um, by the way, we should look it up if, if performance mode is 60. It doesn't say at 60, oh, okay. but it doesn't feel like it is. Hmm. Um, at least in the demo, it felt like less. Um, secondly, when you actually are getting in there, because they finally do like let you out and fight just monsters, Yeah, a couple of things are pretty cool. One is that you can, um, you know, like I said before, you can equip these little things that give you bonuses. So you're not good at fighting games in real time, then they'll give you like an auto dodge or something. Um, I took only one of them and it was pretty cool, which was it just gives you a longer dodge time Meaning like if they're going to do a the monster's going to do a huge hit on you, it gives you that little circle, like um, what's it called? Like a timer, you know, uh-huh. and it's like hit. It's like a quick time event and it says, okay, hit you know, your dodge button. And so it gives you like a second to do it. Like extra time to extra dodge. time. Yeah. Okay, than normal. Gotcha. So you're not doing like perfect dodge, perfect dodge and have them do like a dark souls. It's like, Oh, just, you know, just so you know, <laughs> there's a dodge coming up. Um, so I kept that on. Because in general, it's not all the time, but it's really the big hits, you know? Yeah. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I keep that? I think that's kind of okay. I mean, and if you have slower reflexes or you don't want to, right, right, right. You know, don't want to Sekiro yourself, you got to leave it on and just make it a little bit easier on yourself. Right. So I think that um, once I finally got in the throes of it, there's enough interesting new mechanics. Uh, I won't go into all of them, but there's like, Lots of different combos. There's lots of different um, magic. Like your character uses isn't just straight melee. It's like melee with magic. So you kind of do always doing both. Um, and I just felt like there was a lot of options when I finally got in the field and fought monsters. Mm-hmm. And maybe the graphics looked a little better. I don't know, but I don't know. It was just such a weird start where I had like I had to play two characters. I didn't want to. I don't want to. I don't play that little kid. And then I didn't love the graphics and I didn't love the feel of the game. <laughs> Just a lot of the whole game. But then later when you get into a party, you go out in the field and fight monsters. That felt better. So I'm hoping that, you know, lots of times they throw a demo together, right? To just kind of like right, get right, shit right. up. Yeah. So I'm betting, I'm betting that the rest of the game is like, you know, feels better. So but interesting. I do like the story a lot and I do I'm very interested. I mean, they make it here's the other asterisk. The last of the last of the show. It's pretty fucking dark at times. Like story wise, yeah, and yeah. Like I was some, just gonna say you didn't say a lot about the story, things. but everybody was talking about like, oh, the story was way different than I thought it was gonna be, and it was mature and interesting. And I mean, are you are you agreeing with that? Yeah, I mean, if mature means sad, <laughs> it usually does. <laughs> I know, right? In the real world, it sure does. Yes. Yeah, I think um, I think it is sadder. So I'll, I'll give you that. Like for a Final Fantasy game, like let's take fifteen for instance. It's a road trip, dudes. Right. Let's have right. a road trip. Oh, we're going to stop at the gas station. <laughs> and this one's like, um, everything's gone to shit. You're at the pile of shit. Oh, by the way, the demo ends. Can I say the spoiler of the? How it yeah, ends? it's just a demo. Go for it. Yeah. You end up in jail. It's like <laughs> nothing worked. Everybody lost. Um, it's bad. Like it's a. It's like a Game of Thrones ending to a demo. Okay. Which, okay. if you're like an RPG person and you know it's going to be. And over like you're gonna get more powerful in that game. It makes me have incentivize me to like want to you know win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is by the way why I pre-ordered it 
which you know no one does except carlos interesting you know i wasn't i know i knew that you pre-ordered it but then listening to you talk about it i was like well that doesn't sound like a slam dunk and but you did pre-order so it must have been good enough to get you to do it well because again i was going to pre-order no matter what it was unless it like was a strategy game and totally different game that i was expecting um i think there's enough quality of life things with those little you know additions that they did um there's a very compelling story so everybody who's talking about that is right it's super sad but it makes you want to see this thing through you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so i think those things together and it being a final fantasy game i'm just gonna play it like so i don't know but i do have some qualms i have qualms and I didn't there, think I would have any qualms. There are multiple qualms here. More qualms than I was expecting. There's more qualms than you would think. Definitely. We're, I'm, I'm, we're fishing for the podcast title, yeah, number two. Yes, many, many qualms. I think maybe Magic Toddlers is a pretty good... Collection pretty of good qualms. One. Collection of qualms. Qualmified. Um, we'll yeah, I, okay. So, yeah, my short answer is I played the demo, beat it. Oh, by the way, the, the end of the demo, they have a you-can-just-do-combat section. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do it because... I it's I feel like the demo ends with the story beat and I want to go right from that to the game. Right. Because right. it's like a battle arena bullshit and it's like get get better at fighting before you play the game. No, no, no. Canon baby. Canon. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah, like yeah. go and like learn the moves in the game. So, I think that's cool they get, they did that, but I'm not going to do sure, it. So. Sure, sure, sure. Um, right. in general, yeah, of course I'm going to play it. And by the way, it's 2 days from now. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that soon. It's that soon. It's that soon. So we'll definitely be talking about it next week, I'm sure. Yes, yes. All right. That is Final Fantasy 16. Further thoughts uh, are on the way. We will talk about it next week. We will. I'm positive we will. We will. Uh, Last game of the show is coming from me. And this is a very interesting one. I love it. I love it when I get like a PR email for a game I've never heard of. I click that email and I'm like, oh, this art looks pretty neat. And then I read the description and I'm like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. And then the the person sends me the code and I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. Oh. I love surprises, dude. I love surprises like that. Uh, it's great. It's like my favorite thing in the whole world. I live for these surprises. And I'm very happy today to be talking about Harmony, the Fall of Reverie, coming from Don't Nod, who is a oh, right. big publisher who makes a lot of successful games. And this is one more of those successful games. Uh, I love Don't Not, and I think I love them more than I thought I did because I ended up, their very first game, Remember Me, I hated. I oh, <laughs> really yeah. did not like that one. And I liked parts of it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I like parts, I parts, but like parts, but man, that game was just like busted in so many ways and it was really frustrating to play. It had a lot of cool ideas, um, yeah. but it was kind of a misfire. And I think that kind of like got us off on the wrong foot with Don't Not. And then they came back with um, Life is Strange. Which I to me to my horror and my shame, I've actually not played the entire series. I've only played Wow. I want to say like one and a half episodes, and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna wait for the whole thing to come out. And then I just blah, forgot about it. And Man, it just, it's really good, especially that second one. That's oh. what everybody says. Like it's on my list, dude. I just and I honestly I think I own all of it. I just haven't played it. I just need to make the time. So I'm I'm embarrassed about that. But I have played many of their other games, and uh this is one. So I I talked about uh, Gerda, A Flame in Winter earlier. I talked about the DLC like last episode or the episode before that. That's great. That's a great fucking game coming from Don't Nod. That's a wonderful game. And this one, Harmony, The Fall of Reverie, another great game. These guys are just like, once they got off of Remember Me, it's just been kind of hit after hit after hit for these guys. So, yes. Yes, sir. Also, side note, 
Um, I don't know about you, Carlos, but I find that in the world of video games, the word reverie comes up so many more times than it does in real life. Do you notice that? Yeah, I've never used it in my life ever. I don't think I've ever said it out loud except for right now on the podcast. I don't think it's I've never had a conversation and been like, oh, yes, the other day I found myself deep in reverie. You know, like like you just (laughs) you just don't fucking say it in real life. But it's a word that comes up all the time in video games. Weird. Anyway. What is this game? This game is a visual novel. And, you know, I I play a lot of those. I play almost all of them. But I am very demanding about my visual novels. I do not want to read a book on my Switch. That's not what I want. The books exist, for now, anyway. Um, So what I want is something that takes a story-heavy approach, but also leverages the medium of video games. You're on a video game console. You can do anything that you want. You can. There's basically no limits to what you can create. So I want to see visual novels that add art, that add animation, that add gameplay mechanics that you can only do on a video game, that somehow do something else other than just give me anime portraits and make me scroll through text. There's too many of those, yeah. and I hate them. Well, and, and you're on your Switch. That's a yeah, and you're on your Switch. Thing. Yeah, exactly right. There's lots of it. it sucks too because um, I have uh, a lot of people in my visual novel circles, and a lot of them are fine with the anime and scrolling text. And like I've had people recommend games to me because they know that I like visual novels. Oh my god, you got to play this one. It's so great. And I play it. and I'm like, dude, this is just text. Yeah, but the story's so great. I don't want that. I don't. I, I can read a book. There's a thousand books which have stories that are way better than anything you ever find in a video game. Truth. Uh, I don't want that. I want. To, I want something that leverages games, right? So this, this is that. This is that thing to a fucking T mm. because they have great graphics. The art style is is perfect. I love it's it. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. It's got some great music. Uh, they it's very active because there is reading, but they are smart and they don't make you read a paragraph. They just make you read very brief snippets. And then there's lots of stuff that you can only do in a video game. So before I get ahead of myself, what is this game about? You play a woman who is called home. She lives on an island and her mom has disappeared. Her mom was like kind of a prominent member of the artistic community in this small island. Kind of seems like kind of a bohemian, kind of a weird thing. Where they live is like a converted... Um, I don't know, like school or something. It's like, it looks like an old building. It, it, it strikes the right notes for me because I've been to places like this where like some hippie will like buy some big ass building and then they turn it into like kind of a quasi commune where people show up and paint and you know, like that shit exists. That's like a real thing. And they really nailed that vibe. Like it definitely seems like some rich woman would buy this place and like they put a kitchen in the pool and drain the pool. Like it was dry, like, you know, but they use that space and there's like beadwork and macrame everywhere. And people are just like chilling like that. It's, it makes sense, right? The whole, the vibe is very, is very on point. So anyway, her mom disappears, prominent member of the artistic community. You come back to see like, Hey man, where's my mom? And you don't get along with her. Like she's always been kind of distant, never really had a close relationship with you. She has as much more love for people in your circle than for you. And that's always bothered you because it's your fucking mom. Um, so you come back to, to see what's what, what's going on. And as soon as you get there, you get, this is not a spoiler. This is in all the trailers you get warped into like another dimension. And this is like um, the dimension of like these gods who are kind of like gods, but they're also like emotions. There's like one guy who's called like power. One guy is called bond. One guy is called uh, bliss. One is called truth. Like, so they're, they're like these concepts, uh, but they're also people. And they're also like these powerful entities. Mm. And you can go back and forth between these two worlds, between the real world and this like emotional world at a whim. And they talk to you and they're like, oh, man, we're in trouble in this dimension. We really need your help. 
your mom tried to help us and she's like fucked it up and now we need your help and so that's where your mom went and that again not a spoiler they tell you that like in the first five minutes of the game um so what you need to do is figure out what happened to your mom they don't know what happened to her they know she fucked it up but she, they don't know like where she went and then you need to work with all these different people these gods and they all sometimes they work together sometimes they're opposing but how this plays out is like they give you a power and this is actually tied into the gameplay which i think is brilliant is this so brilliant um you go to your you, you talk to somebody you have a conversation and then when you're in this conversation you go to a map and the map shows you all of the potential conversations you could have just right there right in front of you you can click on any of them that you want and it'll tell you in brief it won't give you all the details but it'll say i'm going to talk to nora and ask who she was texting or it'll say i'm going to talk to leslo ask him why he was mad i'm going to talk to jeff and see where he went that day like whatever like whatever you want to know you, it's it's all on the map and they also tell you what you need to do to get there so in order to get a secret out of one person, you're going to have to have like one PowerPoint, which means along the way, you need to make a powerful choice. Or like if you want to get somebody's secret out of them, you want some truth. So along the way, you need to get like a truth point out of them. Mm. And they show you where all those points are on the map. So if you want to be like, okay, well, I want to get to ending C of scene three. That means I need to figure out powerful choice, powerful choice, truthful choice, bond choice, and you map your route out. Oh, that's so, interesting on a map. Yeah, I don't, that's yeah cool. like it's totally on a map. Like you just know where it is. But the reason that this is so cool, and this is very different from normal visual novels, is because in the game they say that because you are the person who can go between worlds, you have the power to see the future. And that's what this is. You're seeing the future of like, I know what you're going to say, and mm. I, I can arrange events to make sure that I get there for you to say it, right? So they, they incorporate that into the story. The gameplay and the story go hand in hand. You can, the way that they incorporate like all of the gods and stuff is really interesting. Like I feel like they're all cool people with interesting personalities. You like some of them more than others, and how they affect the people that you talk about is really interesting too. Because you can see, like for example, Bliss, she just tosses a softball to everybody. She never wants to grill anybody. She never wants to get the truth out of anybody. She's always like, be supportive and just give them a hug and stuff. And sometimes that's cool. Sometimes that is what you're supposed to do. But sometimes you got to have a hard conversation. And that's like when power comes in and he's like, I don't care what they feel. I got to know what's going on. And they kind of like embody like all these concepts that you, that makes sense, right? They're all, they're all intuitive. Like, you know what's going on. The interesting one I think is Bond where he's portrayed as kind of like this. Um, he looks kind of like an African person and he's got this like um, web of, he's like he's playing cat's cradle on his hands. He's got like all these strings in his hands. Mm -hmm. And so he's always like, look, you got to respect people. You got to build bridges. You got to make community. And that's like his whole thing. And that to me, so for me, in my playthrough so far, that's been the most effective one where you're not bulldozing anybody. You're not sugarcoating anything for anybody, but you are showing that you need to work together to get certain things done. And taking his route has been really interesting. And I feel like is, is a good personality fit, but you can go other ways. There's like um, a chaos guy who just likes to set fire to everything. And there's like lots of ways you can play this. So the way that this all comes together the story of your mom, which is interesting in and of itself, seeing how these powerful entities affect you and affect people, and then seeing how your ability to see the future collides into the gameplay of getting the story that you want to get. It, this is all just like fucking brilliant, dude. This is all just like popping on every level. Like it's working. Everything makes sense. Everything comes together. This is great. This piece feeds this piece. This piece supports another piece. It's all just like a finely tuned puzzle. All these pieces are just like popping. This is great. It's all good there's no buts no buts this no is just buts. no buts this is super great stuff um the only thing that i think is interesting for me and this is not a but but it's just like an interesting thing to think about is after playing so many visual novels like you get used to thinking about i'm going to meet these characters 
and I'm just going to go with my feeling, right? I'm just going to go with what I want to feel. And if, if I if I'm feeling sympathetic to them, or if I'm not feeling sympathetic, I'm going to make a choice in the moment, right? That's that's usually how it goes. But in this game, because you are this precognitive person, and they say it out loud, like it's 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 canon in the game. You are a person who can see the future. You have to play it a different way. You have to think ahead, um, kind of chess like, where it's like if I want to figure out answer A you got to make the choices that are going to get you there. And that's part of the gameplay, which is really weird and different for a visual novel. Now, I know that um, if you're one of those visual novel people that likes to see every conversation and you get every single ending, well, eventually you're going to do that because you got to figure out what you need to do to get there. But I think most people probably just play with their gut the first time through or play with their boner, I guess, either way. Um, Whoever you want to bang the most is the one you usually follow. But in this way, you got to kind of turn it on its head where... And that, that was kind of foreign to me. Like, it felt really... Um, I don't want to say like I, I just had a hard time because I really wanted to sympathize with the people and I wanted to just feel it out in the moment um, because you don't have all the information like sometimes you think is this conversation going to be enlightening personally or is it going to be enlightening in a factual way like I'm not quite sure but if I feel like this person has something I need to know then I'm going to angle myself over there to get there but then it may not be the thing that I expected even though I know what the future is but you don't know all the details of the future you know like the broad strokes of the future mm. so you kind of have to gamble a little bit on like what you think is going to be where you want to go. And sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong. And sometimes a thing that you think wasn't where you wanted to go ends up being the thing that you wanted. And so that's like a nice surprise when it happens. Um, But the the downside, not a downside of this, but like, but the other factor is you can only ever take one route. Like you can't, you can't see everything in depth. So like if you choose to be friends with this girl, that means you didn't have time to talk to the guy and that route gets closed off to you forever so you can see there was like 15 branches you could have gone but you both are locked out now because you didn't take that that path right and so you're constantly thinking about where do i want to go what am i going to lose what am i going to gain is this the thing that i want is it not and then you just kind of roll through it's just it's fucking fascinating and it it's not a complete reinvention of visual novels because i feel like a lot of these ideas have been done in other places but the implementation is really unique and really well done and it shows a thoughtful consideration of what this genre is and ways that people can do something different with it while still having it be familiar and approachable. Yeah. Um, it's really fucking smart. It's really brilliant. Um, I feel like they have really poured a lot of resources into this and just, it feels like a game where they gave a shit. Like it's the opposite of the Gollum game, right? Like I feel like the Gollum game, those people were probably chained to their desks. I feel bad for them. They probably had to finish this. They probably hated every minute of their life. It was probably torture. This game, Harmony, the Fall of Reverie, it feels like they were, believing in it it feels like they loved it it feels like they wanted you to get the experience out of it that, that they were trying to give you and it just comes across so strongly in every aspect of it polished beautiful perfect like this is a fantastic visual novel fantastic experience i'm not done i feel like i'm i'm more than halfway for sure um and i just i think it's fantastic i'm doing two chapters a day to pace myself yeah i want to finish it too quickly and man it is it's the shit. If you like visual novels, this is one of the best ones this year. Well, Easily. like well, like uh, books, you know, you don't have to rush a book. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that you're really I mean, enjoying. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I like how they, what you described it as, they took the mechanics and put it into the canon, you know? Oh, man, so That's smart. Like what smart a smart choice. Idea. So smart, so, yeah. yeah. Check it out for sure. Yeah, that is a big winner, big winner. And I feel like it's going under everybody's radar. It's already been out for like a week, and I haven't heard anybody talking about it except for me. So if you like anything about what I said, you like visual novels or you like Don't Nod, I mean, dude, check it out. Like for sure. So good. Check it out. Super cool. Super cool. All right. We're done with the main content of the show. We're going to bounce in a second. A couple things just really quickly before we go. Carlos, anything? 
just a slightly, I don't know, in quotes, controversial thing. So last episode, we talked about Black Mirror and both of us being frustrated yeah, with that yeah. series. Um, the main frustration we had, or at least I'll say for myself, is um, you know the darkness that each episode seems to take, which is lots of times similar to it for me with Game of Thrones. You have like, what's the worst thing that could happen in this scenario? Well, that's what's going to happen. And that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wait, the face could be destroyed by a hammer? Okay, cool. That's what's going to happen then. Uh, it won't. He won't miss. He'll he'll hit him and kill him, and it'll be over. And it'll be really gross because uh, that's what Game of Thrones is, anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, so this has similarities where I like every once in a while, like I'd watch an episode and be like, "Well, that felt like a new Twilight Zone," which mm, Twilight Zone is mm-hmm. one of my favorite things of all time. And I was like, "That's pretty cool," and it didn't go totally dark, but most times it did. Most mm-hmm. times it had a really bad ending. And then every once in a while, there'd be one that was like, oh, it's kind of either a mixed ending or kind of a okay, happy ending. Um, I don't think they've ever had happy, but, you know, something. Yeah. Uh, So anyways, I jump back in because I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I need to try because I'm not, just like you said earlier in the podcast, I'm about trying things anyhow. And then if it bites me in the ass, then I'll know. But I got to try because there's other writers, there's other directors, Right, it's not the same people every single time. Yeah. So the first one, which they're very smart, the first episode, if you go in order on uh, the new season, is called Joan is Awful, and it's okay. I don't say it's fucking good, but it's very, very good, and it doesn't have a sad ending. It has a semi not great ending, but it's also like it fits the whole what you just watched. Okay, okay. And so nothing like, you know, people aren't just in agony dying or something or super sad. And I don't want to talk about it at all because I think people should watch that. Even if you don't watch the rest of the season, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting about, and this is the premise. It's like a woman uh, comes home after like you learn about her life and how she's kind of um, not mean, but like can be mean spirited and kind of like thinking about herself only. And she comes home and she turns on Netflix, which in this world is called Streamberry. Um, Streamberry. Yeah. <laughs> and they turn it on and her life is on Netflix, like as a show. Oh, weird. Okay. <clears throat> and it, it gets really weird after that. And it's dark. And at times you're like, oh, man, here's the suffering they do. You know, she's got to deal with some shit from that. But it turns it on its head and it gets a really interesting place at the end. And I think it's just really smart writing. Um, so that's that. Then I decided to just watch a couple others. I'm like, maybe this is going to, you know, they're going to do it. Second one I watched was a sci-fi one about astronauts. Uh-huh. And immediately they, in like 15 minutes, they turned it into a home invasion thing. What? Yeah. Home, home invasion. invasion with like these guys who were just going to cause problems. And they were like, spoiler, they cut up, like there's a robot and they like just start cutting up the robot, like, like laughing at the blood coming out of it. I'm like, what are you doing? It was about astronauts. Uh, turn it off. Next one, I finished the thing, but I almost have, I almost wish I didn't because it's this like slow mystery. And at the end, spoiler, it's just super fucking sad. No, and no. I was like, and the, he's like literally crying, like tears are coming out of his eyes. And that goes to credits. And I'm like, why did I watch that? Jesus. <laughs> That's the ending. He's super sad. By the way, inventive much? The ending. It's just super sad. Yeah. He's just crying. Common common theme there. Yeah. So the common theme is there. I don't know if it's for every episode because there's only like five or six, right? 
But I got to say, you know, that's the, the, the thing that seems to come back every time. I mean, what a fantastical idea, which is two astronauts in this one episode have robot bodies back on Earth that they can control, right? So when they go to sleep in the uh, space station, they wake up in the robot bodies at home. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's super smart. That's a Twilight Zone episode. The minute they get that established, all of a sudden burglars. Burglars come in and they want to ruin that guy's life and they want to hostage the wife and hostage the kids oh dude this and, is giving me anxiety just hearing right about right this. and chop up the robot that's what they fucking started with this is what's wrong that's what's wrong with the series that that kind of mentality um now other people might enjoy that i guess and some people like heads getting smashed in game of thrones if you do then you're probably fine but I can't do that, man. Yeah, you've um, already uh, you've already convinced me again to not give this series another shot. So. I know, but what sucks is that Jonah's awful is very good. It's like very good, and it's like that's not like the rest of them. Well, maybe so, they, everybody has a, a one off, I guess. So yeah, there you go. All right. Anyways, that's all. I have nothing else. All right. Um, I meant to say this in the opening um, housekeeping, but I forgot. One thing that I find super uh, irritating about games, and I'm sure that you probably agree, is like. You're supposed to find an item, right? Like maybe, like say there's an item you need to get and you you think you know where it is, you go find it, it's not there. But then you talk to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, it's over there. And you go back and it's there once after you talk to the person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the item doesn't exist until you have a conversation. But yeah. if, like if you look in the room, it's not there. You talk to somebody, it is there. I hate that. I fucking hate that. Um, I bring this up because it happened to me in Sekiro. I got stuck and I had to look, had to look at FAQ. I was exploring and I needed this one item and I got to the place where it was supposed to be. There was nothing there. And I'm like, that's weird. This is a dead end. It's strange that there's nothing here. And I went on with my life. And then I got stuck. I had to look at FAQ. And it's like, yeah, go back to this thing. And I'm like, I was here. I was oh, already here. The yeah. thing should have been here. But I didn't have the conversation yet. And the conversation is what triggered the item to be there, which is bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. If I, I should have just found it. And I would have had it because I naturally found it. And then I had to go back and oh, whatever. Anyway, I, just, I whatever. Fuck that. Don't do that, game developers. If you're going to put a thing... Make it be there. Don't make it be make there. Make it until be somebody, there. Make it be there. Just yes. Make it be there. Anyway. Um, watched Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull again against my will. Uh, my son, who is 14, is in that teenage phase, which is so amazing, where he must contradict me on everything that I say, no matter what it is. I could say the sky is blue and he'd be like, yeah, only sort of. Or he'd be like, oh, man, oh, ice cream is delicious. Right. He'd be like, yeah, it's gross. Like like it, even dumb shit. Dude, like really dumb shit that he would contradict me on. Um, and so we were talking about Indiana Jones because he saw them. Uh, he saw a couple of them when he was younger, before he hit this phase. And then he was asking me about this one because he saw it on Disney Plus. I'm like, oh, that one sucks. So w- of course, what does he do? Oh, I gotta watch it. Dad said it sucked. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna prove him wrong. So he starts watching. He's like, this movie's great. I love this movie. This movie's like uh... the best one. And I'm like, man, oh, 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 you rotten kid. You're so rotten. Um, we had to watch it. I watched it with him because I wanted to, you know, give it a fair shake. I wanted to convince myself. Was it really as bad as I remembered it being? Yes, it was. Uh, it sure was. It is a stinker of a movie. Um, I do not like it. It is the worst of the trilogy. Uh, worst of the quadrilogy. Although there's a fifth one coming out, so who knows. But just irritating that he has to take that tack. And so if you're out there, if you're the parent of a teen, you probably know just what I'm talking about. If you were not the parent of a teen, then be scared because that is coming. And it's, it's on just the way. Like, oh fuck dude like even it could be anything dude and he just takes the opposite position i realize it's like a a, a, a developmental step part of individuation it's a it's a necessary thing for growth but boy is that irritating anyway 
started watching Gargoyles. Have you seen you, Gargoyles? You we talked about, about it last episode. All right, skip it. Still yep. watching it. Still good. Okay. And I talked about I talked about Deadlock already, right? Did I talk about that? Maybe not. Deadlock, the lesbian detectives in New Zealand. No, I don't think you did. Oh, I didn't. Okay, good. Okay, it's hard to tell. Like I, uh, I get, I get confused sometimes, Carlos. Do you? Um, it's called I old do. age. It is called old age. Deadlock, D E A D L O C H, is on. I want to say it's Amazon Prime. Probably yeah, because I see Prime. it pop up all the time on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. It is an import TV show. I don't know if it's from Australia or from New Zealand. Probably Australia. I'm guessing, um, but it's about. <laughs> it's about lesbians in New Zealand is what it's about. Right. It's, it's, the, it's a yeah. Com- yeah, it's a comedy where somebody gets killed in this small town in New Zealand. It's called Deadlock. Um, and the detective uh, is a lesbian, but she wants to kind of take a backseat because she her wife is like, you're working too much. I need you to be home with me. I want a relationship. Don't be married to the job. And so they call in this other detective from the mainland of uh, Australia, I guess. And so she shows up and it's totally like a night and day situation one is really kind of like by the book and one is like a, a rebel one is really clean and neat and one is really sloppy and gross and like whatever and they hate each other but they have to work together to solve this crime but there's also like a lesbian festival happening in the town so there's, the whole town is like flooded with lesbians and the town has become known as like this lesbian town so it's kind of like this really interesting um it's comedy so they're, they're playing on a lot of like lesbian tropes i am not a lesbian as you can probably tell but i know many of them and a lot of the jokes that they make i'm seeing reflected here i bet if you are a lesbian you'll find this to be completely hilarious mm-hmm. uh, i am not a lesbian but i still think it's really funny i think it's just funny from just like the writing perspective a lot of the jokes are really funny and i like the the australian slash new zealand um I'm sorry, Tasmania is what I meant to say. Tasmania. Ah, okay. Wow, I just committed some kind of major faux pas there. I apologize. Tasmania is what I meant to say. Um, that that area of the world has a pretty funny sense of humor, which I really kind of dig. So I think it's a great show. Uh, I really love it. It's really funny. There's going to be eight episodes total, and I believe there's five out already. Um, I thought it was over, which is why I started, because you know I don't like to wait for episodes, so we're going to wait for the rest of them. But yeah, it's thumbs up, man. It's, it's a good time. It's a lot of laughs. It's really kooky. And it's really interesting, too, because literally no one in that show is what you would think of as like American style attractive. Like these are just like real women with, you know, they look like normal people you'd see. No one's a superstar. No one's a a model. And it's just really refreshing to see normal looking people doing shit that normal people would do. And no one's like ripped or fake boobs or, you know, anything like that. They're just like normal people. Yeah. Which is which is really cool. Well, yeah, there's a lot to be said about just, you know, different content from different parts of the world yeah. just looking yeah. in quotes different you know i watch a ton of uk stuff a ton yeah, of yeah, yeah. australian comedy you know like so i'm already kind of with that by the way there's a cartoon from australia i believe it's an australian cartoon or new zealand and it's like the characters even the cartoon like you know aren't what you would normally think of right yeah um yeah. kind of a different like style uh, yeah the aesthetics and the attitude is just really different over there things that things fly over there that would never fly over here and i think that's great so yeah Anyway, Deadlock is great. Check it out. Really enjoying that. And that's all I've got for today. Yeah, Smiling Friends, by the way, I'm watching. And I, I, I think I had a uh, discussion with my friend the other day that I didn't give that uh, a fair shake. And I think it's brilliant. It might be brilliant. This is the cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon. It's just like right. really weird. And if you like a mixture of Adventure Time and Rick and Morty, it, that's kind of what it is. Uh, I don't think it's in, up your alley at all. Maybe not. But um, where are you watching it? So it's on HBO Max or whatever Max, okay. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, every time I watch a new episode, I'm like, oh, that's really smart. It's like really, I'm not like laughing out loud, but 
but there's but something you're appreciating to it. it. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, something yeah. to it. It's called smiling friends. Check it out. All, All right. right, let's do there it. There we go, folks. That is the show. As always, send us your questions and comments. Hit us up, so many games podcast at gmail.com or hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Man, I've been behind on TikTok. If you follow me there, sorry. Um, life and work. Holy crap. So not Social there, media takes a lot of effort, man. Yeah, and it's not even social, though. It's like making comedy takes even more effort than social. True, very Social, true. you're posting something. Comedy, you're like, I don't think I'm funny anymore. Um, <laughs> that's like my weekly thing. Uh, I have a couple in the in the can. I'm I'm working on them. So yeah, just uh, TikTok is my name, and then also uh, is my name. Oh, on Instagram, I'm on Instagram. No one really follows me up there, but it's Carlos Riddle. Yeah, you do. Carlos Riddle IG is on Instagram. And there you go. As for me, I'm on basically every platform, but uh, much like Carlos, I have not had. The timer, the energy. So all of my social media has been lagging lately. So sorry about that. If you look to me for for fun and perky stuff online, uh, maybe maybe follow somebody else for a little while. Just... I, need, I need to recuperate a bit. But I am on every platform. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 341. Thank you all so much again for joining us here on the 7 Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.